Well, hello, listeners, and uh, <laughs> I'm uh, here with my wonderful friend Mike Betts, um, and we're going to carry on chatting. Uh, we we've done a part one, which you may have listened to. We're looking at the question of the delights and the disasters of mm. every decade of um, of Mike's life. Really, just uh, we passionately believe that that uh, there's so much that those in the second half of their life can actually um, teach and help us on many of us wrongly think that we're sort of the first person in the world to experience the pain and the blessings of life and it's just been such a great blessing to me for 15 years now to have Mike um, sort of fathering me and so often um, kind of just bringing a sense of perspective and there's nothing new under the sun really so we got as far Mike shared about up till kind of his late teens and um so mike let's let's move into your 20s and your 30s and onwards what what were the some of the the obvious highlights the delights and also some of the, the, the difficulties in those years yeah i suppose um one other thing i would have mentioned probably from the last time which had just occurred to me is um the whole thing of teenage years and uh i don't know what it's like for people today because it's a long while ago but uh, school was not a very good place, full of bullying, full of all kinds of, really? you know, yeah, okay. very, very destructive stuff. So I suppose I came out of my teenage years not feeling very confident in who I was as a person. Yeah. Uh, had an experience of God, which kind of helped with that e- enormously. Mm. But then I suppose my uh, my 20s would have been trying to actually discover who I was mm. as a person. So Sue and I um, met, fell in love, got married in our 20s. Uh, we had our son Sam uh, in in our twenties. So I, I became an elder of a church in my twenties. Mm. Um, I had a sort of wow. a career in the civil service in my twenties. So there was a lot of things being established. Uh, it was a, a very wonderful time in terms of you know being married and you know having a, starting a family, that sort of thing. I think the so there was a lot of a lot of great. We used to help plant a church in our twenties, mm. so uh, which we're still based at. Still, you know, thirty years on, we're still still part of that church. Um, so I think there was a lot of new things: mm. new marriage, new family, new church, new job, new life, um, new house. Uh, I think that was a great period of delight, as it often mm. is. Some of the challenges that come with it: planting a church seeing the challenges of emerging leadership, becoming an elder, just mm. some of the battles of managing, balancing family life, church life, work, yeah. uh, handling the, the, the challenges of church leadership was the ups and downs of that. Mm. I think the other thing that was quite defining for us was um, Sue, sadly, at, uh, after a, f- a number of years of marriage, developed a, a, a rather bad back yes. problem, some herniated discs, um, which... You know, has really for 25 years since then been a problem, even yes. though the actual original problem was was resolved with some surgery. Um, you know, so we we've had to live with ongoing mm. pain and restriction and mobility problems and all the rest of it. Uh, so you kind of get the delights of life, but also unforeseen. I wouldn't call it a disaster; that's too strong. But unforeseen um, dynamics that um, yeah. present you with things that can't be easily fixed, and because we live in a f- society that wants to fix everything yes. and particularly as a man yes. men like to fix things and if you find you can't fix something mm. um, particularly in your 20s mm. 
I think that can leave you very vulnerable to knowing yes. how do I navigate life with unfixable problems. Wow. So I think that was a year of uh, sorry. So a she decade. was in her mm. late twenties. Uh, yeah, mid to mid twenties. Yeah. Wow. Mm. And got, went from super active, yes, healthy, yes, very energetic Sue to, I mean, you, you know, you've been mm. careful in your phrasing, but mm. really, it was it's been it, she's in a lot of pain all the time. Yes, isn't she? yes, it, ha- it is. Years yes, later. it has been uh, very something we've had to really navigate yeah. and manage well. I mean, she does amazingly well. She's a wonderful person, very, very much a, a glass half full person rather mm. than half half empty. So I think her outlook on life, her sort of sanguine approach a very yes. optimistic approach um you know she loves the lord and she loves you know loves life and wow. i think she's ma- navigated it inc- incredibly absolutely wow. incredibly it was probably you know me that had had probably more of the challenge with it in many ways yes um but we loved seeing our son grow up we're very proud of him he's mm. a blessing he's married now we love him and his and his wife and we're very blessed with that so that you know there's good come this wonderful blessings i'm not i'm not in any way decrying that it's just that there are things that just curveballs that just live throws yes. out many people struggle with with hidden things yes but um you know which we try we try the other thing is we try not to be defined uh by illness or disability because mm. in the end that isn't your that isn't what defines you you no. are who you are and sometimes you have to manage things that Yes, make that difficult, but doesn't define you. No, and I think particularly for anyone listening who perhaps has a disability, or some long-term illness or mm. long-term thing they struggle with, you are not defined. No, your identity is not wrapped up in what you live with. Right, your identity is in Christ, but we live in a fallen mm. world with fallen bodies and fallen everything, um, and at times we are still waiting for the kingdom to break in. And maybe still waiting mm. until Jesus returns. We or are not. It's important we don't have an over-realized eschatology, whilst we still also believe that God can break in. Funny thing is, a few weeks ago I prayed for a lady with a similar thing that Sue had, young lady, with three herniated discs, and she was more or less completely healed. Wow! So it's strange to see you. You know, you see God break into some situations, yes. and yet you can't always get resolution in your own. You've used some long words there, which mm. is. Great. Words. Big words. <laughs> I think you said eschatology and yes. other things. If you were just in like one or two sentences to try and, as simple as you can, explain mm. when you say her identity is in Christ, mm. what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is if we take our reference points for who we are yes. by what's going on in our lives or okay. how we feel, yeah. that is a very vulnerable... It's like being a ship at sea with no rudder, no oh, okay. anchor, no navigation. I get that. Whereas... Saying our identity is in Christ means that we always have a true north. We always have a magnetic north, if to use the shipping analogy. So we can always navigate life by looking to Christ and thinking, I, my life is hidden with him. That's what it says in the Bible. I have okay. died and I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Yes. There's a sense in which my security, my identity, my fulfillment, my happiness... All the self-image questions, all the self-esteem questions, all the Im- all the questions that, particularly in this generation, mm. are massively overwhelming for people living in such an age of uh, image and performance and expectations. Mm. Yeah, you'll never find peace by trying to assess yourself by yourself or by others. The only way you find true satisfaction, peace, and contentment, and an ability to live life well 
is by knowing my life is in Christ. Yes. He He is the one from where I navigate everything else in yes. life. That, yes. That's what I mean. That's helpful. Well, let's let's keep moving through mm. the, uh, the, the decades. The, the decades. The decades. I guess are we are moving into the thirties and forties now? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I became full time for the church um, in. 1991 um, and have been in full-time work in the church from then. I, I felt a call to serve God when I was 19, but it took me maybe 10, 12 years before I was anywhere coming close to doing that. And I think learning the lessons mm. of patience, learning yeah. the lessons of actually being willing to even lay down a call of God, thinking, Lord, if I've got this wrong, yeah. Um, I'm happy to serve you doing my nine to five job every day, mm. and I just love you. You know, I don't don't need anything else. Those were key moments, the sort of Abraham and Isaac moments when you you know surrender your dreams to God and okay. willing to kill them, and then he reckon he he resurrects them. So you talk a bit about that. that's really helpful. So I think ambition mm. and this this sort of tape playing in everyone's head of by your thirties and forties mm. you need to have you know made it in yeah. some form. I think what you're getting at is mm. is sometimes that's not always quite true and there's a mm. is it you talk about like a death and resurrection principle yeah what be specific if you can yeah, at any can. moments where that really yep. hit you i can remember one particular well i will just say this i think uh research has shown and indeed the bible seems to show i think that people between 50 and 70 actually make their greatest contribution in life at the, which is good news for me because i'm 55 <laughs> i think we are in too much of a hurry yes we expect uh, uh, you know to be overly productive in 30s and 40s god's still working on who you are mm. rather than what you do in those decades i think okay. we can be very fruitful doesn't mean we don't do anything but our sweet spot our most fruitful comes sometimes at the time when the world says oh you're beginning to get to retirement age retirement isn't in the bible it's not no. it's not a biblical concept it's no. a mistake yeah uh, so anyway, I think one uh, image that perhaps strikes me is I remember talking to one of the elders of the church, leaders of the church um, in my 20s saying, I felt this call of God on my life and mm -hmm. what did they think of that? And uh, they looked at me and they said, no, I don't think you're called to leadership. Um, mm. And so I remember going home kneeling by my bed and putting my hands on the bed and just releasing the call of God that I felt. And I said, Lord, I lay it down because mm. I think I've got this wrong. Uh, this person I respect says I've got it wrong. Yes. So I let go of it. And I literally let it go. I let, I let it go. And then the next day, he rang me up and he said, um, I was thinking about our conversation. He said, um, I think I was wrong. Wow. And he said, and I think I'd like to help you get where I think God wants you to get to. And mm. he became quite, you know, real help to me. But God wanted me to kill it mm -hmm. and be willing to kill it yes. before he then resurrected it. See, we, we often want rescue, yes. whereas God is looking for resurrection. God won't rescue us from things. No, He will let things die that we might have resurrection. Wow. And I think my authenticating moment of calling was in that moment where I was willing to lay it down rather than worship the calling. If you worship the calling, it becomes a, com a competitor to your affection for God, and you shall have no other gods before me, not even your calling. Your calling can become an idol. It can become mm. a god 
and I had to kill that God to worship the true God. That's good. So now everything I trust I do now comes primarily out of the fact I enjoy my father's company. I want to serve his purposes. I enjoy doing whatever he wants me to do, mm. whatever that might be. Mm. So that was quite a that was quite a formative time. Mm. You learn a lot. Busyness, thirties and forties, very busy time. Emerging apostolic sense of calling, which I suppose only in the last five years of that now as a leading relational mission has mm. come into a fruition that perhaps. Mm. I felt when I was 19. Wow. It's probably taken me 20 to 30 years before I really feel I'm now doing the thing that God spoke to me about in my, when I was 19. Yes. So that's taken like 30 years before that's come into the flower has bloomed, as it were. I think it's, I mean, I'm 39, 40 this year. I find it a very encouraging pressure release truth of what you're saying. And I think it's huge of, um, you know, of not feeling a pressure that in the first 30, 40 years you've got to have arrived. Mm. But that really, you know, the Bible and history and your experience really says that we, that, you know, there isn't that pressure. There isn't that pressure from God, actually. Often it's only late 40s and 50s mm. onwards that, in a sense, God often will use us in the way that we maybe thought we would be earlier mm. I find that a, t a hugely encouraging thing I guess in the last sort of couple of minutes Mike what what would be your parting words of reflection or encouragement or challenge really as you almost bring it more up to date now mm. um, as a guy in his sort of first half of his 50s well I'm looking at the emerging generation in their 20s and 30s and I'm thinking it's a really pressured generation where the pressure to achieve, the pressure to look good, behave good, have everything answered, information overload, mm. so many voices, so many messages, so many comparisons, so many pressures. Um, I'd really want to just say to people, make make your relationship with God, mm. with Jesus Christ, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, mm. make that your lifelong pursuit yeah. and be relentless at editing, pruning, removing anything yes. that in any way clouds, colours, dilutes, um, distorts yes. the simplicity of that. God's ways are very simple, but they are not easy. So I suppose my parting shot would be God's ways are very, very simple. Don't complicate them. But that doesn't mean they're easy. They have to be fought for. They have to be prized. They have to be navigated by. Mm. And I think our world, particularly in the West, is geared up to, to move against that. So I would just encourage people, particularly in their 20s and 30s, to create a simplicity of authenticity mm. rather than the complexity um, that our world would sometimes squeeze them into. Mike, thank you so much. We could Pleasure. endlessly talk. Bless you, my friend. Yep. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening. And um, see you soon. Yeah. Bye.